Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and I'd like to welcome Dr. Bassam Youssef. How are you, sir? Thank you so much. I'm very glad to be here, and um, I'm looking forward for this interview. Well, thank you, and I will say I'm a huge fan. Um, you. Your history is it's almost like you're reading a fiction book. <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah. So you're from Egypt. And can you tell us a little bit about, um, one, why you even went into medicine as you were a cardiothoracic surgeon and what it was like practicing in Egypt and then what led you to TV? Well, a big part of us going to medicine in the Middle East is to please our parents. And I joke about that a lot. Uh, we want to uh, rise to uh, society and parents' uh, expectations. But you know, uh, once a nerd, always a nerd. So I continued with that. I studied in and I, 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 I tried to excel as much as possible and I became a heart surgeon. Uh, but I always felt that there was something missing. <laughs> so when the revolution happened, I started to do this, uh, these uh, short YouTube videos <clears throat> and it took the, the airport by storm. And uh, before I know it, I'm, I'm hosting a TV show uh, styled like it's, it's kind of like a political satire show, kind of like The Daily Show here by John Stewart, now Trevor Noah. And that's how I transitioned from medicine into comedy and satire. I think you uh, went really quickly over that. <laughs> yes. So this was a, a very um, interesting transition because you just started in your laundry room, is that correct? With yes, yes. There, there, there was like an empty room that we were preparing for uh, our kids. And uh, at, we were just like putting uh, the dirty clothes there. So there was a space for me to set up a camera and a background and a desk. And I started doing the show. And uh, it, it, it just it started from there. You know, so, so Google and Microsoft started from a garage. I started from a laundry room. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not that, I'm, not, I'm not as rich so though. So something is definitely <laughs> yeah. missing. We're missing something, but you're, you're changing lives, though. As far as your political satire hero, Jon Stewart, what, where did that come from? So how did you even hear about Jon Stewart? I mean, was this fairly common to see something like that in the Middle East? So we had CNN in the Middle East, and CNN once a week had a, the global edition by Jon Stewart. And uh, okay. I was fascinated watching him. I didn't know who he is and what does he represent and what is Republicans and what are Democrats and... What is Fox News? I didn't understand anything of that. So he made me actually like uh, study uh, American politics. And uh, then I followed him on YouTube. At that time, YouTube um, allowed for us to watch uh, the Daily Show. And it started from there, it started quite remotely. So how did, this, how did this idea kind of start to percolate in your mind? You're like, you know, I think I'm going to enjoy this. We have a an interesting situation where you were in Egypt to actually <laughs> develop your own comedy. I mean, that, I mean, transitioning from surgeon to comedian. <laughs> I, 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 at that time, I didn't actually think about transitioning. Uh, I thought that this is some kind of a side gig that I would do on the weekends. And, uh, you know, I, I, at that time I was actually, I was accepted in a, a clinical fellowship in Cleveland and I was leaving to Cleveland. So I didn't really think about that thing. I thought oh, maybe somebody will discover me on the internet a year from now when I come back. But uh, in three weeks, it, there were millions of people already watching. So that was crazy. Yeah. And from what I can see, it was 5 million views in three months. Yes. And then I had the show, which uh, amassed to 40 million viewers per episode. 
on TV. Wow. Amazing. And that ran for three years? Yeah. Okay. Until it um, was ab abruptly interrupted. Yes. And if you I would encourage everyone to watch Tickling Giants, because I'm, I was impressed that you actually were filming this a lot. I mean, you were filming as you were moving along. Did, would you ever think that everything that was being filmed as you were living this would be turned into a documentary? Well, I didn't really think about that because I, I was more concerned about doing the show. There were so many things happening around me and uh, I didn't want to be distracted by it. So it just, it, I let it happen. And it, it's as if like you're like in a very deep sleep and you woke up and you find a documentary about you. So that's exactly, <laughs> that was the feeling. Wow. Um, because that, that's what I thought was so fascinating. They even had, you have footage of you um, actually assisting those in the square during the revolution yes. as well. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what that's like. I was in the military. I was never in, in a combat situation or in a situation like that. I can't fathom what that must have been like. Was this, were you just, what were you thinking or what was it like? Well, that was something new for us too, because we, we weren't used to street wars or street clashes like this. This was the biggest event in our modern history. And um, I, I find myself compelled to go and help people as like many other doctors. I wasn't special. There was like thousands of doctors helping. It was not just me. And um, it was very tense. It was dangerous. Uh, but doctors, we were not really doing the fighting. We were basically on the um, further back trying to help people. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was very intense. Very, very intense. And then as far as your, when you're sitting down to decide how you're going to plan your shows, where do you draw from? I mean, are you looking at John Stewart saying he kind of goes this way with the comedy or was there just so much material that it was fairly easy to come up with? No, it's not about, it's not just the material. I mean, the material is always there, but what you do with it, that was that what we had to figure out. So I, I, it is different because not many people in Egypt were following John Stewart or Stephen Colbert at that time. So I had to educate myself and educate the team around me by showing them what does it look like mm -hmm. and how to write. It was kind of like monkey see, monkey do at the beginning. And until we basically um, got our, uh, our own pace, and made the show our own instead of just copying someone else. I see. I mean, you had some really talented individuals writing and coming up with the scripts and then yeah. different. Yeah, it, it was an incredible team effort from everybody. Wow. And there was one uh, scene in Tickling Giants where there were, I mean, literally out, well, there were a few actually outside your door. I mean, I, I can't imagine how frightening that must have been for you and your staff and your family. Uh, yeah, there were people, uh, they were gathering, the government pushed people together around the uh, theater to threaten to burn down the theater, to attack, to harass the people coming in. And uh, it's funny now because in retrospect, I didn't really care about what's happening outside. I actually cared about finishing the script in time for the, for the uh, filming, for the shooting of the television. Because if you ended up with a bad script, nobody will 
nobody will make excuses for you saying, oh, he was under siege, people were threatening him. At the end of the day, it's a product and you have to do your best to come up with this product. So I didn't really think, a lot of people say like, how did you deal with this? You must be brave. It's like, I wasn't brave. I was just detached. I was, I was just focused on the work because I didn't care. I didn't want to, I didn't want that to be affected by anything. Right. And what about your family? There, there's a little bit of mention of them. How was your wife and she's struggling with that? Because I'm sure she must have been very worried. My wife has been uh, uh, the most supportive person ever by just understanding what I go through and being there when I needed it. Uh, she never put extra pressure on me. Sometimes a lot of people uh, don't get that sometimes when you are in a, a relationship, the best thing uh, a spouse or a partner can do to the other is not to be an extra load or not to worry you more with their worry about you. Mm. And, and, and she was a master in doing that. So a master of support without getting you extra yes. worried because she was worried. <laughs> yes, exactly. Absolutely. Well, of course she was worried, but she didn't make it visible and she right. didn't put that out there. So I don't have to worry about her, worry about me. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I would agree. I've been married almost 27 years and that, that's how you do it. <laughs> um, as far as, uh, so you, you left when you felt, you know, when the show was canceled, they said no more because you were pushing boundaries. <laughs> um, but as far as when you came to the U.S., what were your plans? And then, and anywhere during that time, did you transition to the plant-based diet? So that's what I find so fascinating too. Is <laughs> no, actually, I, I I transitioned to plant-based diet the last year that I was in Egypt. Okay. And so I was already doing the show, and I was already talking about plant-based diet, not much vocally because I had other problems with politics to deal with, but. Uh, I would go on interviews with Arab uh, anchors and they say, what? You don't eat meat? You don't eat chicken? Not even fish? Not, no dairy, no eggs? That was such an alien concept. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm the only vegan in the Arab world, but like I would say that I was the most vocal and famous vegan in the Arab world. Uh, with that, I mean, like the, the vegan person with the most reach, that's what I mean. Uh, and uh, it's, um, so the first year I transitioned because a friend of mine who is an Egyptian, who, who used to go with me to high school, he was diagnosed by MS. And when I heard MS, I was, you know, devastated because, as you know, MS is the boogeyman of medicine, you know. It's like you don't know where it comes from, how it comes, how it develops, how do we get rid of it. It's basically the Alzheimer of young people, you know. It's, um, and he was my age. And he was diagnosed in his mid-30s, even early 30s. And, and so when I heard, I was devastated, but the, the person told me, no, 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 he's okay now. He, he followed this kind of diet and lifestyle, but he's okay now. It's like, no, what? I want to I wanna hear that. So I went and, and I met him. And I remember the date, 15th of September, 2013. I was with him in a restaurant and I was eating my last, my last double cheeseburger and fries and, 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 and Diet Coke. And he was telling me the story. And once I finished the meal and I said, that's my last non-vegan meal. That's it. I'm done. And I, I, I got sold so much. And, and he was amazing. He, he, he was the first person who told me about... Uh, Forks over knives and 
Dr. Calvin Esselstyn lectures and and all of the others, all of the the stars of the plant-based diet medical community. And I started to watch that, and I said, like, that's it. I mean, I don't know how. And and, and you have to understand, for 40 years of my life, I was a, a, a meat eater, a cheese lover, a sugar addict. All the uh, I, my breakfast was like three to four fried eggs plus the spread cheese on my bread. It's just that's my breakfast. That's how I started my day. And I didn't have any medical conditions or any medical problems, but I said that is I didn't wait. I didn't want to wait until something happened. So I uh, and I remember when I, I I transitioned the first three days, I felt oh I'm sleeping very deeply. That's the first thing that I noticed. And of course, the bone, the bone movement, as you know. <laughs> so, uh, and so that was the first year. Then I came to the United States, uh, and there, I did two things. One that's related to comedy and entertainment because I couldn't do, uh, I couldn't do that in 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 Egypt anymore. I couldn't do that in the Arab world. So, I had to come here and reinvent myself and do comedy in a language that is not mine. So tomorrow, for example, I'm gonna I'm having shows in New Jersey, in New Brunswick. I'm I'm now doing stand-up comedy in English. I'm touring around the United States. I am my show attracts both Americans and Arabs, and it was uh, it was tough, of course, at the beginning. But now I'm 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 writing in English, producing in English, uh, performing in English, pitching in English, and. Uh, I'm trying to reinvent myself and recreate uh, a, a different path for me uh, in this new country uh, mm. in America. So that was hard. That was that because there was always the um, the temptation to go back and compromise and take a lot of money and have a much safer life uh, financially. I mean, and 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 I didn't want to do. That. I didn't want to compromise. So I did that. And on the plant-based diet, what I did is that. I raised some funds and I, I produced a show and a platform called Plant B. And the website is plantb.tv. And I, I, would like, I would claim that this is the only bilingual platform in the whole world. It's the only platform in Arabic and in English. So if you go into the website, it has, um, you can actually switch the language and it's a full website in English and it's a full website in language. We don't just like have recipes. We don't just have articles. We have uh, we have food plans and we have videos. We produce uh, like videos, and the videos are in Arabic and in English. So if you're watching, the Arabic part is subtitled in English, and the English part is subtitled in Arabic. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it or not. I did. I watched yeah. them all. Yeah, and it was kind of like we wanted to integrate humor, and in the mm -hmm. same time integrate science and knowledge. And I can, and we launched that in Ramadan this year, which was in June, which is the most difficult month ever <laughs> that you can tell Arabs to turn vegan. And what happened is that uh, we had a lot of pushback, and I would like to talk about that with you, the pushback, yes. the resistance in the, in the middle, because it's different. It, maybe it's different, maybe it's the same in, in the Western world, but it was uh, interesting to say the least. And... Um, we, we created something called the 21 Days Challenge, where you try to sign up and stick to the challenge for 21 days. And we had 250,000 people signing up. 
in 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 uh, in four months. And uh, every day, my inbox, people send me stuff telling me, uh, you have changed my life. My parents, they're old, they're in the 70s, they're the last people who go vegan, they have diabetes, they, now they are plant-based and, and their diabetes is gone. And uh, the, 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 the people that they send me messages every day and telling me how their recovery time are better in the gym, their inflammation is less... Uh, people with uh, new, uh, like autoimmune disease, with endocrine diseases, and uh, people losing weight. We've also created the biggest plant-based diet page in the world called the mm. Plant-Based Diet Egypt. You have like a half a million people there. Wow. And it's by invitation, so it's not even an open, <laughs> it's not even an open uh, page. So you actually have to request to join. So, and that's still a half a million people. Oh. So um, I, I'm, I think we have created an impact. We have somewhere around 20 million views on the, uh, on the different platforms of uh, plant-based diet, of pla plan B. And, uh, but of course the resistance was just like, uh, I, I can write a book just about the kind of uh, resisting comments that I get. <laughs> so how do you, well, tell us some of the more common resistance or the comments that you make because I, I mean we all have our <laughs> places that we've struggled with others so in the middle east we have one of the uh first like like <laughs> it's um uh it's still it's the religion people come from the side of religion and they say well god has gave us the uh the blessing of eating meat why are you forbidding it? I said, like, first of all, I'm not forbidding you from eating anything. <laughs> Second of all, God is giving you all of his blessings and all of his gifts, and it's up to you to choose. God did not assign a certain portion of meat per day that you should eat or how much dairy you should eat. It's just like, where is, like, did, did God tell you how many glasses of milk you should drink? <laughs> so, like, it's there. You can use it. And, uh, so religion is huge and um, religion is, 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 very, uh, is very strong uh, when it comes. And also there's also the ridicule, the whole thing about, I cannot imagine living my life without meat. And, all right, that's fine. But the thing is, it's, it's not, and I'm sure that you have here people who uh, oppose the plant-based diet style it's like they wouldn't let other people do it. They would have to go and intervene. So if anybody like would put a cheeseburger on his profile, nobody would say, this is so bad for your health, stop it. But once you say I'm eating a salad and I'm trying to be plant-based, everybody is like, how come you do this? Which is crazy, <laughs> which is crazy. If you're eating the McDonald's and the Subways and the uh, uh, Wendy's and the Burger Kings, nobody has a problem with that. But mm -hmm. once you say I want to eat healthier, Everybody becomes a nutritionist. <laughs> Everybody starts to try, oh, where do you get your vitamins? Where do you get your protein? Where do you get your, and I said like, do you know where do you get your vitamins or proteins? Do you even know, in Mr. Nutritionist, what are you eating and what is good for you? And, and do you understand how omega-3 and omega-6 are metabolized in your body? Do you understand that actually what you're eating is actually killing your body ability to deal with omega-3 and do you understand what this food does to your epithelium? So 
Yeah, so we have a lot, of, and of course, there's the fun part, the conspiracy, the conspiracy lover part, uh, which is uh, 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 one of the funniest comments I ever had was, uh, "Oh, this is uh, this is a Western conspiracy <laughs> to make Arabs weaker by not eating meat, so they can come and 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 take us over." It's like, first of all, we're not. We're not very, not doing very well on international community. I don't think that we're a superpower or something. I'm not taking anything away from you. So maybe, maybe if we go to a different route and eat plants, maybe we'll become stronger and defeat the evil West. And, uh, and I remember like the, that might be the funniest one. Somebody said, Oh, it's a Jewish conspiracy because as you know, Jews don't eat meat. It's like your even your the, the basis of your conspiracy is wrong. You don't even understand anything. And 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 I think it's like because here in America we there's a lot of people making fun of like you know the right wing and the uh, people in the Bible. But but believe me, we have a lot of crazy crazy people on our side too. And uh, and, and and yeah, and and you you didn't you did even had a pastor. I think you had a pastor, an American pastor, saying that veganism is a way for people to become cannibals, something like this. Uh, so you you can have all all different kinds of, of crazy conspiracies, and 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 it 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 was you know, and, and you just like learn not to engage hmm. with with that. So there are, there, there, like, I think there are like two, three things I I do. If anybody wants to take it to religion, I only tell them like, I never forbid anything for you. You can eat whatever you want, but at least but be thoughtful. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you want to eat meat every now and then, go ahead. But you just have to think of what you're eating, and I think that's okay. I mean, I'm I'm not a militant vegan because that's a thing. Another thing that I think plays a role in alienating a lot of people mm. against the vegan lifestyle is the vegan activists and i understand what they're doing and i appreciate what they're doing and i understand how they go out and to protect the animals but sometimes uh guilting people doesn't work mm -hmm. and it can actually have the total opposite effect and what happens is that a lot of people when when i talk to people about plant-based diet they 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 attack me while projecting whatever they see from the vegan activist on me Mm -hmm. which I never do, you know, right. and, and I even tell them, uh, so a lot of people tell me, I, 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 I am, I'm plant-based, but I can't, but I can't stop eating fish. And I say, how many times do you eat fish? It's like once or twice a week, because that's fine. It's a good start. Go ahead. Like, can I cheat with a burger every now? It's fine. Any change is good. I always say any change is good. Uh, and I even say, oh, you're going to go to Italy and you don't, you don't want to miss the pizza. Eat the pizza in Italy. Eat all the cheese you want when you come back. It's what you do 95% of your time. So I'm, I am, I am plant-based diet. I am, I feel much better when I'm 100% plant-based diet. I have to admit when I travel, when I don't have access to plant-based diet, when I am tempted, when I'm in Paris and there's this amazing pastry that they do in Paris, I'll eat it. I will eat the pizza in, in Italy. I will eat the, 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 the gelato when, when I'm there. But that is less than 5% of my intake 
around the week or the month or the year. And that's mm -hmm. fine. I tell people, if you have a chronic disease, I strongly advise that you go 100% plant-based diet. If you go on a, like a really cleansing uh, routine and you do plant-based diet and you go like on a 21 days, that's fine. And, and if you want to come back and cheat, it's okay. It's what you do 95% of the time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I just don't, when I transitioned about eight years ago to a plant-based diet, I had one um, yogurt and I didn't feel well for about yeah. 24 hours. So actually I, I don't cheat anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 well this, the thing is that same happens to me when I do some cheese, whatever here in America, I get, I feel very bad, mm -hmm. but I have to say, and we have to admit that in Europe, it's different. Mm. The cheese in Europe, I think it is not as horrible as America. It's still cheese is horrible and dairy is horrible anyways for your health. But I think for a cheat, when I cheat in Europe, the effect is less, is not as bad. Mm -hmm. But in America, it's very difficult. America and the Middle East, and I think because most of our imports come from the Middle East, from America too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. It's funny because, you know, just to bring religion, just the kind of from the Christian component, because I am Christian myself, the Bible in Genesis 129 is he, God gives us plants to eat. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, we're just going back to the original prescription. Um, and so, well, 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 in the Quran, God gave us plants, but he also, also talks about like the lamb, like, talks about the, uh, mm. you know, the cattle, whatever, but they want to choose the meat. So that's fine. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so with the plant BT, I will tell you, they're very well done. They're very humorous. Your personality comes through. And then you have interviews with um, many of my friends, some of the, yes. the experts All in of our them. field. Dr. Yes. Scott Stoll, Dr. Kaldul S. Leston, Dr. Uh, Michael Greger, uh, all of them, like the, the whole, the, 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 everybody, all of the, the people who shaved, uh, sh shaped my journey towards plant-based diet. Absolutely. The first book I read was The China Study. I Me read too. it in two days. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm done. Literally overnight, three teenagers and the husband are like, we're going to a plant-based diet. Which mm. brings me to the segue of family. So yes. when you decided this was my last meal, what did you go home and, and tell your wife? <laughs> so uh, my wife kind of like, she didn't get it at the beginning. And we had at that time, uh, um, um, a a one year old at that time, yes. And, um, but uh, I, I said, okay, you do your thing, I'm gonna do my thing, I'm gonna be more strict going on. And, uh, but what happened is a couple of years later, uh, my wife has a long life condition of uh, irritable bowel syndrome. And um, she suffered a lot. She tried all kinds of therapies, didn't work. And then she ditched dairy. And voila, now she feels much better. Uh, my daughter is vegan. She's seven years old. She's vegan. She, she doesn't really understand what vegan is. Because so if, if, if in the school, if they're like uh, serving pizza, she's like, I can't eat that because I'm vegan. There's cheese. Is that vegan cheese? No. So I can't eat it. But then if you're going to go to like a birthday party, she will always ask for the chicken wings. So she doesn't really understand it yet. That's fine. So, uh, and again, what we do at home is, again, what do you get in the grocery? What's in your pantry? What's in your fridge? So everything in our pantry, in our fridge is 100% vegan. My wife 
might buy eggs once every six weeks mm-hmm. or uh, once every month, which is, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. I don't eat them. She, she might eat them. Uh, the daughter, like she, like we're more thoughtful about like uh, what we give our kids. So it is more of a, again, a lenient, a flexible lifestyle mm-hmm. with more than 90% of, uh, of our, or 95% of our food being plant-based and healthy plant-based too. So if we're going to cheat, we're going to cheat with a vegan burger, which is great. We don't, we don't eat like, we don't, we don't crave the very, my, my, my wife will eat maybe meat twice or three times a year. So I, mean, I think that's a great progress from from someone who would eat animal products every day, right. maybe even two three times a day, mm-hmm. to a very very occasional. Uh, that's I think that's good. Right, absolutely. So all three of my kids now in their twenties. My daughter's in medical school, and I have two in college, and they're plant based. But maybe one percent of the time they do something similar. That's but, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's, yeah, absolutely. Um, the idea is moving more towards that if yes. you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you use any of what do you use in material? Do you use now in your your comedy that you're writing now? What is your so favorite my, subjects? My no, it's always political. It's hundred percent political. So it's a, I do a, I do a one man show. It's an hour long, and half of it is like my life in Egypt, and the second half is my life as an immigrant in the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, I use politics and I use humor and I use stories that I've been involved in. And uh, yeah, I enjoy uh, performing. Because you have a second, so on Netflix, I saw two documentaries and one's about democracy. So what, what was your inspiration to do a documentary on? Oh, that was, a, that, that, that was a docu-series called Democracy Handbook. Uh-huh. It, I, I did it with Fusion TV. It was kind of a small project that we did. It's on YouTube. I, you don't have to go to Netflix for it. But uh, <laughs> it was kind of like a guy coming. At that time, I think that was the rise of Donald Trump. Uh-huh. And we did the show, like comparing democracy in Egypt and with the United States. And I had fun. I had so much fun shooting it. It really made someone think, I'll say that, coming from this end of it. And I've only been to the Middle East when I was in the Air Force, so I never experienced it as a tourist mm. or something. But um, when, you, when you're looking at your political satire that you're doing, so what are your favorite things to um, write about or speak about? Or can you give us some of your material that you might be so, using? So, uh... So uh, some of my material would be like, uh, I, I described the moment where I was interrogated for six hours for my jokes in Egypt. Uh, that was fun because they asked me to explain my jokes, which is ridiculous. Um, I, uh, I talk about uh, actually attending a, uh, a Donald Trump rally and a Donald Trump uh, acceptance speech to run for president in Cleveland. And uh, how people reacted around me. That was fun too. And then going out to Cleveland, find all of those people with semi automatic guns. And, and that was equally fun. <laughs> so I talk about the, the stuff, but I also talk about like something that is more personal about like how I perceive my life as someone who's supposed to uh, follow expectations of others and now he wanted to rebel against it. And I think this is a message that is uh, that resonates with a lot of people. Mm, absolutely. So, 
when you uh, think that you spent all this time, because you, you did practice for several years medicine. Do you ever miss that or desire no. to go back? No. You don't miss no. it? <laughs> no. I have to be honest. No. All right. That's fair enough. Um, wow. Because that, you know, it's my husband's Filipino, so I, I understand they tell you you're the businessman, a doctor, or an engineer. It was an engineer. <laughs> so I, I get that. No, in Egypt, it's uh, it's a doctor, an engineer, or disappointment. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that, that, these are your choices. That's, that's the running <laughs> Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, as far as... I know we're running a little shorter on time. Can you tell us any last bit of advice you have for someone um, who's considering going plant-based or maybe someone who's thinking about it and they're running into that resistance? Do you use humor to kind of diffuse the situation and get people to at least open their minds? Humor is a good opening method, but at the end of the day, it has to be information and knowledge. Mm -hmm. I always defer people to the forks of our knives to now we have, wonderful documentary, The Game Changers, uh, The um, Cowspiracy. I, uh, um, there's, of course, the books, the websites. I send people websites, like stuff to read. And now I'm, I'm happy that I integrate all, the, all of that in the website because there's everything, all of the questions that people have, whether it was about eggs or dairy or calcium or minerals or vitamins or where do I get my vitamin B12? And uh, I think it is important that people can, uh, I, I think the way that we should help people to switch into a healthy lifestyle is not to shock, not to frighten, but to inspire. Mm. I think that is the, uh, the, the key element. When you inspire people uh, and, 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 and kind of like, um, and empathize with them instead of, uh, uh, you know, criminalize them or, or criticize them for eating uh, meat. I usually like, because for 40 years of my life, I was that person. And uh, I, I understand how difficult it is to give up meat or give up dairy. And you should be supportive. You should not be, you should not be, uh, you should not be anal basically <laughs> with those people. And, 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 and you're doing it from a, a point of helping. But also a lot of people would listen to you. You have to understand where they are in life. So someone, for example, with a medical condition will be more likely to listen to you. They will be more motivated to try it because they, may, might, they might have like, you know, tried everything. And it doesn't have to be like a chronic disease. It could be as simple as I'm tired. I don't have energy. I don't have sleep well enough. I have constant constipation. I have a problem with my... Uh, you know, uh, with my my day to day life, uh, but someone who feels invincible and you say, "Yeah, I'm good," you have to understand. You understand. Have to understand like when to to stop pushing. Mm. And you can only hope to just lay out your opinion and tell them. And at least, uh, if you don't gonna make them follow the plant-based diet, at least you can debunk some of the uh, misconceptions about being vegan. Like you're going to be weak or you're not going to have enough protein or you're going to have some malnourishment. And you have also to explain to them what is the difference between vegan and plant-based whole food diet because uh, a lot of the people who want to uh, antagonize you, they will, 
they will, it's very easy to bring uh, any article on the internet to prove your point, any point you want. I can get, get you five articles right now telling you that the earth is flat. <laughs> is it? Anyway, so, but, uh, 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 but, but um, uh, they will always gather like, this article saying that vegans are not as more healthy. It's like, yes, yes, those are vegans. These are like people who eat, you know, fried, uh, French fries and, and chips and potato chips and, and, uh, and fried everything and, and high calorie, uh, high density, high fat, uh, processed stuff is vegan, but it's not healthy. And you have, you have to explain these nuances and these differences. So all you can hope to, with, when you sit with someone, we are not, uh, we should not evangelize it. We should not, uh, it is not a cult. You should you should not treat with it as a cult because people will be alienated. You can always have to come from a point of empathy and a point of respect and a point of uh, genuine care and sincerity towards what their what you want their health to be. And 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 just like you know, make your point. And uh, I think uh, and whoever want to follow, you know, everybody is an own person. I think that is sage advice. So I know when I speak to my patients, honestly, just giving them hope and that looking where they're at currently and saying, you know, there could be a different life and saying where this different future could be and how the plant-based diet could help get them there. And I think that's an easy way because people always are looking for something better in their future. So, but yeah. your, your website is full of information. I'll actually be using it quite often now with patients. Yeah. It's so it's very thorough and very thoughtfully done and it's will grab their attention. So it's done from the perspective of infotainment, so to speak. <laughs> yes. um, I do appreciate you offering another resource for people of us, like us on the trenches. Um, helping. Thank you. And, and we're very happy, happy also to be able to finally uh, come up with Arabic content mm. and that because we have absolutely, we have zero Arabic content about plant-based diet. Wow, because yeah. there, there's a rise, isn't there, in of diabetes and heart disease? Oh, we have, this year we have surpassed America in diabetes and obesity, so good for us. Yeah. <laughs> the American diet has been yes. spread. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, goodness. Well, thank you so much for your time and um, speaking to us today, and we so appreciate everything that you're doing. Wish you the best in your, your new career as a comedian. Thank you. Yes.